Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another uh, interview here at the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Yes, this is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My name is Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini. Uh, the website is ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Uh, go there, pop your name and email address into the little form there, and never, never will you ever, and I promise this with my whole heart, you will never miss an episode with one of these uh, amazing uh, with these amazing artists that we feature. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, new interview every Tuesday and Thursday. Every Saturday, new music podcast uh, with my uh, wonderful uh, and talented, absolutely stunningly gorgeous co-host uh, Miss Katie Simone. So you guys do not want to miss that. That is LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. Oh, I would like to give a shout-out to my long-time and long-suffering sponsor, Positively Pittsburgh Live magazine. PPLMag.com has been a, a big supporter of the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus for a couple of years now, so we're really grateful to have them. Uh, it's Pittsburgh's first Internet radio, TV network, online community, and business directory. Uh, you can get uh, you can uh, sign up and get emails with the uh, audio and video created by the members of the community. And these are businesses that are giving you content about all kinds of different things about health and fitness and finance and business. It's a very uh, great place to get a lot of cool information. Also, you can get coupons, save money. It's awesome. Uh, if you have uh, wares to peddle, it's a great place to kind of be seen by uh, uh, by a lot of different people. Uh, so you might want to start your own magazine page there where you can do things like uh, upload your own podcast like we do. Um, there's, they get about a million unique visitors each month, so uh, it's, a, it's a pretty serious place, so you definitely want to check it out. That is pplmag.com. Now, I've got uh, Mark Fern on the line with us today from the band uh, the, Honey Rider, or the Honey Riders, and um, Mark is he's a, he's a, a fellow Pittsburgher here, uh, so I'm really glad to have him on the air with us. Uh, Mark, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Thanks for having me, man. Okay. Mark, why don't you give us a little bit of background? Because that accent that you got there does not sound like James uh, Diner from uh, Over There in Homewood or something, you know? No. <laughs> no, uh, hopefully it never will either. So, <laughs> Mark is not, uh, not, not a native of Pittsburgh. He's a transplant. Mark, go ahead and tell us. Give us the Reader's Digest uh, version of uh, how you ended up, uh, how, you got, how you got into music and how you ended up coming to Pittsburgh. Okay, well, the, the music story and the Pittsburgh story are parallel, but I'll go with the, uh, the music first. Sure. Um, uh, my sister got a acoustic guitar for her, like, eighth birthday, so I would have been 11 or something, so that's a, a long time ago. <laughs> and and uh, so after I'd done playing with whatever I'd got for Christmas that year, I picked up this guitar and this play-in-a-day book, and I figured, this can't be that hard. And, <laughs> and, and it was, <laughs> but 
um, as, as, as my playing to this day will, uh, will show you. I'm not quite grasped it yet. Um, but that was, uh, I kind of fell in love with the instrument. Uh, it made me, I hadn't really been, I've been a fan of music, um, but never really thought of myself in terms of being, you know, being on the other side of, of the listening part. So, um, so that was my introduction to actually playing an instrument. I'd played piano, but it was classical. And I, I think I segregated those two things in my head. That wasn't something I did for fun. It was something I did because I had to go, I did it at school. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, just another class. Right. Um, so, but when I picked up the guitar, I thought, huh, this is kind of neat. And then I was fortunate enough to be, uh, or unfortunate enough to be not quite old enough to get into the shows of the original punk acts. Uh, but I, I managed to get to see quite a lot, like the Buzzcocks, the Stranglers, Susie and the Banshees, all that era of, so when oh, I was cool. like 13, 14, 15, 16, that, in, you know, my early teen years, that kind of uh, was what drove me. So I, I was a quote-unquote punk rocker for the longest time. And uh, I mean, and I still dig that stuff to this day. But that—that's kind of the what set me off. I, you know, I like the melodies. I like the simplicity, because um, a lot of the, the the punk early punk stuff, I think, gets written off as it's not what's punk now. You know, it's not. It wasn't. Uh, it was angry, but mostly structured. And the bands that made it, you know, like the Stranglers, or had some longevity, like the Clash. You know, went mm-hmm. on to become way more than, you know, the punk was gone completely at that point. They were just good rock bands. Right. Um, you know, with, with great story writing and, and, you know, it would, didn't have to be brilliant playing. Um, I, I really appreciate, you know, like the, the Joe Satriani kind of just master of, of his instrument thing. That's never going to be me. Um, I mean, so I don't try and work that in. I, I played with a ton of cats who, who can play that way. And it's, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty lucky to have been able to do, do that. But I'm a simple, uh, strummy, singer-songwriter kind of guy when it boils down to it. Um, so how, what, what brought you to uh, the States and to Pittsburgh? Well, back when I, my original job, I'm actually an industrial electrician. Um, so I worked in a lot of steel mills. Uh, back in the UK, and the company that I worked for at the time was in partnership with some American companies, and they were buying up steel mills when when the whole steel downturn took hold in the I don't know early early 80s maybe late right. 70s yeah. early 80s uh-huh. um, is when it, is when it really started to go downhill. So I came across um, with uh, with a British company, and I actually wound up in Homestead when all the Homestead stuff was shutting down to help. Um, disassemble the gear and ship it back to the UK and the rest of Europe. So I basically came straight from England to Pittsburgh uh, via Cleveland for a couple of months and Homer, Louisiana for uh, about two weeks, <laughs> which is, if you've ever been lost, oh, that, go there. That's, that's <laughs> like being lost. It's just the strangest place. It's not even on a map, I don't think. Oh, my goodness. So, um, so, so you come, so you come to, so you come to the states. How, so when do you, so you start, so you end up staying here. What? How do you get into music here? What? What ends up happening? Start putting bands together. What, what did you start doing? Um, well, I, I mean, I asked around and said, and, the, and a couple of people. I went to a couple of local shows, and they said, oh, you know, put put uh, stickers and signs up at some of the local music stores. 
and I think it was pianos and stuff out in Blownox. Yeah. Um, I I I went and put some, you know, one of my little, you know, tear, tear the strip off the bottom of the paper kind of deal. Uh-huh. So I had one put up for a while, and so I put mine up and, and took a, a bunch of other people's. I don't remember who called who, but I ended up hooking up with uh, a couple of guys who, uh, three guys, a singer, a drummer, and a bass player, and they were looking for a guitar player. Um, so I joined that band that was nameless at the time, started writing original stuff. Um, it became quite apparent that the, the, the singer wasn't into it or wasn't very driven. He had mm-hmm. a kind of loose idea of what he wanted to do and it didn't seem to be what the other two guys were in into and I, I don't think that became obvious until we actually started writing and playing um so so they kicked him out and made me the singer ah, i gotcha so uh so the foreign guy was taking away american jobs um <laughs> see how you foreign guys are <laughs> i know with, with with the words man um so that was so we were three-piece uh, we chose the name Deadly by Desire, and that was a song that I brought with me from England, um, song title, and it, it, the, the lyrics seemed to fit what we were trying to do. Um, so we wrote. A, we were relatively, relatively successful, relatively popular, and then about a year or so in, um, we added a keyboard player, and he was he was a, a pretty talented guy. And uh, we started experimenting with slightly peculiar arrangements, you know, the, the occasional odd time signature, bigger harmonies. Um, and so that was the, the, real, the real Deadly by Desire, as I remember it or, or refer to it, was, was when, mm-hmm. we were, uh, when there was four of us. So, but that was fun. Um, so that was, and that was at the time like, uh, let me see, The Affordable Floors, The Sponges, when Russell right. Root first started out, that was about that time. Um, and then, so then that that band, we just kind of grew apart with like what we we're trying to do. So that was then recruited to join a couple, an, another bunch of guys, um, most notably Dave Brown, who is the guitar player for, now for The Gathering Field. Right. Uh, um, so him and a couple of his buddies uh, recruited myself and my old drummer Ben, and we formed a band, and that band was called Like Whoa. Um, and I, I think we had, with that that band was together for I don't know three years, four years, and I think we got a lot of critical acclaim around here um, for songwriting. And uh, our our audience was usually other musicians came yeah. to see us, which so which was kind of cool. Uh, but of course, other musicians are as poor as we were, so we didn't make a lot of money. <laughs> but, but come on, let me in, man. I'm in a band. Uh, so. <laughs> well, so so let's fast forward a little bit, and um, because you have a uh, you, you did some other stuff. Like, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Jack to my friends, um, because you got a, there's a you have a really great song and a cool video uh, up on YouTube. So tell us a little bit about Jack to my friends. Um, so that was let me see, so. I'd done nothing but some solo stuff and the occasional small project for quite a while. 
And I, would, I just wanted to get back to playing out with a band. So again, I recruited the same drummer from before and a couple of guys from the Sponges who have been friends with forever. And uh, we, re we recorded a bunch of songs. We put an album out in 2006, I want to say. I, I, it all blurs. Um, and we played, it, played out a lot on that. But that band eventually morphed into, I think, what happens a lot in, in Pittsburgh. You know, there's, there was only, there's only ever so many um, original music places in town. So most of the right. rest of them want you, want you to play covers. So we eventually morphed into a cover band, which wasn't my intent. Um, but I mean, I get, I, I, I enjoyed just playing. So I didn't, you know, I didn't care. Um, but that wasn't, again, we didn't start out that way. So that started to get old after a while. Um, but the, uh, the, the video you're referring to, I wrote that um, because, of course, be, having a non-American accent, I often get, you know, get the question like, why are you here? What are you doing? How did you end up in Pittsburgh? And, and uh, more often than not, the, the why Pittsburgh question was was done in kind of a derogatory way, you know. It was by locals. It's like, why why did you come here? You know, because like like everyone here is trying to leave <laughs> or something, and I'm the only one that likes it. So um, so it, there was enough of that, you know. It's kind of tongue in cheek. Um, but so so but that was uh, so that was a fun song, and then I wanted to raise its uh, visibility a bit. So um, and this was a time I think 2009. When the yeah. G20 G20 summit was in town, um, so I got a, uh, some friends of mine who are big on uh, video shoots, video editing, just follow me around town for a day, um, and I basically just mined along to a boombox wherever we could set up. Yeah, and we tried to hit a bunch of um, relatively iconic places and views yeah. around town. Um, and then just strung it together with a bunch of stills that I'd taken. And um, that got some pretty high-profile notice. Um, again, at the, the G20 Summit, there was a lot of outdoor activities, and I was asked to come and present that. There was like a block party downtown. They, they blocked off uh, like 9th Street and Penn. There was this huge block party, and they showed the video. And... Uh, yeah, it was it was it was really cool, and I got to meet some really really fascinating people, um, because you know you have to ask you don't just ask for mission. Sometimes you need to get some certificate or certified piece of paper that says you're allowed to perform at right. you know such and such a place, like right outside PNC Park, for example. Um, you'd, you'd think you could just take pictures, but the minute you start shooting video of an official looking nature, they want you to get permission. Yeah. So, but through that, you know, and asking people for permission, I was amazed at the people who just came out of the woodwork like, hey, you know, we're here, you're doing this project. We'd love for you to shoot, you know, on, in our building. And I was like, I got over, you know, it was like amazing response, but I only had a day to, to borrow these guys. <laughs> so it's like, how many places can I hit, you know, in like eight hours, nine hours before I get, before I get wiped out? Um, so... Probably missed a couple of good opportunities, but again, met, met some really cool people. And uh, cool. yeah, that's called "I Like It Here," and it's it's out on YouTube. Um, so um, you you uh, you left the city for a little bit, 
and and then came back. And when you came back, you formed or you got the birth the idea of the Honey Riders. This is where we are now in the story. And um, we're gonna play we're gonna play one of your Honey Riders uh, tracks here uh, in a minute. But uh, tell us a little bit about the Honey Riders and what they do. Um, so yeah, I, I had a, a job out of town for about a year, and then I came back, and uh, I thought I want I want to get back to um, writing original stuff, playing original stuff, and have you know get a band together that that can play like my back catalog, you know, from all of the other original bands that I've been in. I have a bazillion songs, so even when you you cold the the ones that don't step down the test of time too well i still had you know like three hours worth of music <laughs> cool. uh, and and uh so i i just called up some again some some buddies of mine um and said hey so i'm so i'm trying to do and they were down with it so so a few craze craigslist searches for uh you know a call to arms for the band yeah um i, I grabbed a bunch of guys so we're a five-piece um and uh yeah again that that band was formed specifically to play my back catalog and that's we the 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 tune that you're going to play um is on the album that was from uh, I think a year and a half ago now I'm working yeah. we're working on putting the finishing touches to the second one um although I'm trying to decide whether to actually print um CDs or not cuz you know it's it, they're they're nice to give out, but <laughs> I don't think anybody has a CD player anymore. Well, we we're going to talk about that. Um, but uh, but before we uh, go there, let's uh, let's give the kids at home a taste here of uh, the Honey Riders. This is uh, when Jennifer sings, because this is a really cool song. Crank this up! This is when Jennifer sings the Honey Riders on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Okay, Mark, that's a catchy little number there, buddy. Um, Thank you, sir. Uh, you know, you have a you have a really you have a, a real knack um, for this. Tell us a little bit about your songwriting approach. Do you start with lyrics? Do you come up with guitar stuff first? Or like, kind of, kind of, how does it get rolling for you? Yeah, I, I normally um, start. I like I like a turn of phrase. I like a cool turn of phrase. So I, I'm constantly like I have a, a, a text pad file that I keep adding. Uh, you know, funky three-word combinations too. I'm like, ooh, I like, I like that, that play on words. You know, maybe that's mm. the English in me. Um, but mostly, it's um, I'll just be noodling on the guitar, and one night, once I get some progression or chicky chicky thing, whatever, whatever it is that the um, you know I'm playing, uh, I got, oh, that's kind of cool, and I'll just beat on it for a bit. And more often than not, I'll hear like a phrase that fits what I'm playing. So, like a phrase of words. So mm-hmm. I'll write that down, and you know, maybe it's typically it's something that I'm like, well, I can't write a song around that. That you know. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a relatively loose process. Um, but I like I like sing alongy stuff. I like the big choruses. I like lots of harmonies. Um, I, I like unusual harmonies. I do a, I overdub a lot of them myself. Because uh, I can hear some peculiar variants in there um, drives my drummer crazy. Because um, <laughs> well, I make him sing the, the, these strange parts live, and he's like, "Where'd you come up with this?" But you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the, the, the record sounds uh, really good. Um, so, guys, if you go to um, thehoneywriters.com, and the album was called Tautology. That's T-A-U-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Um, you can uh, you can actually buy the album uh, right there and uh, stream some of the songs and, and uh, get a get a taste. Um, now, your new record uh, that you're that you're working on, you said you're putting the finishing touches on. Now, are you guys are you guys self produced? You working with a produ- an outside producer, or how are you doing it? No, no, it's all me, um, me, me in my garage. So, um, I mean, over the course of time, I've collected together some pretty nice gear. Um, so, yeah, everything that that album included, Tautology, was was recorded in my garage. Um, and and mixed in my garage and produced in my garage, and I got a buddy from way back in the Deadly by Desire days who is a, a really top-notch studio engineer, and I basically sh- ship off um, the final mixes mm. of, of my stuff to him, and he masters them for me. Okay, so he does so mastering. You do, you, but he, you do your own mixing? Yeah, I do everything else, yeah. That's so time-consuming. Um, you know... Uh, a, lot, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people outsource that too. But uh, I, I feel like you know, I want, I know what I want to hear. So I don't know if I'm like ready to give somebody else, even though it's really time consuming. Um, it's more boring, right? And, and, I, and I'm a big fan of the, you know, the big wall of sound kind of approach. And I think Sting, it was Sting or somebody said, you're never done with a song. You just like just decide to just leave it as is, you know. You could yeah. always add another, add another part, uh, you know, add another little guitar, something or other. Um, and I'm terrible at that. I'll, I'll sit yeah, so and noodle on it. You upset? You obsessed. <laughs> you, 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 I mean, right? You're going like, oh, I, I want that to be. I want that guitar tone to be a, a little bit different, or I want that, you know, harmony over here. Or, I mean, you're, you know, drive you crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I listen to uh, other stuff and it, to to get a, a sense of where my, you know, my stuff fits uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. And, but I'll sit there and I'm like, oh, I could, you know, do this. I'll hear another harmony part, you know, on, on the chorus and I'll sing it. And before you know, I have like eight and ten parts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, somebody's asking, and you've got to mix all that. <laughs> you just that's right. You've got to mix yourself. Mix all that and then convince the drummer that he has to sing at least three of these parts. <laughs> <laughs> Grow two more heads and you can do it. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so where where are we now? So, what's the new record going to be like? Is this going to be sort of like in the same vein as Tautology? Um, it, it's it's <laughs> it is going to be all over the musical map again, okay. certainly. Um, uh, I've there's, there's a couple of um, tunes in there that that are probably a little more. On the angry side, um, okay, but but more angry as like Radiohead can be noisy, okay. Can can it, I mean it's not like I'm not you know it's not Rage Against the Machine. It's not Rage Against the Machine. Okay. It's not some kind of black death metal or something. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, a lot of the songs was at least three of the songs on the new album that the the lyrics are about. The, the current state of the political theater out there, you know, that is, I'm just like, I'm just globally shaking my head at the whole thing. Um, and of course the Brexit thing that just happened, I'm shaking my head at that. So it's, <laughs> maybe there's a song coming out of that one too. Just, <laughs> you never know. 
Yeah, so, nope. so you do pull inspiration from current events and stuff like that when you sit down to to work. Do you, do you sit down and say, I want to write a song about this situation, or does it just sort of kind of just flow with what you're doing on the guitar or the or or you know the riffs or whatever? Yeah, yeah, it, it more sticks like that. I mean, it, there's, but again, depending upon what I've just you know been watching CNN or Bloomberg or whatever you know on, on TV and, and something. If something annoyed me that I saw or I'm like outraged by whatever, and then I go start playing my guitar, naturally some of that will, you know, it, it, it yeah. affects you. It affects your entire being, um, and that's, it's bound to come out in, in some ways. Not always, but, but, uh, but no, I don't sit down and write, you know, I'm going to write a love song or, it, you know, I, I just noodle around and, and come, up, come up with a, a structure and then start adding things to it. Um. So what is? Tell us a little bit, bit about the uh, before we wrap up here. What is the uh, Honey Riders live uh, show like, and where can people check you out? Uh, okay, what is what is our live show like? Um, well, we're all really old, so we don't move around <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, you know, and I know the, the Rolling Stones are a lot older than us, and they move around a lot more, but they have a bigger stage typically too. So um, I'm not quite sure what to do with myself if I don't have a guitar you know, around my neck. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, you know, we, we have, a, I guess the, we have, we try and have a lot of fun with it. You know, we're not, we're not taking ourselves seriously. We take the music seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously, you know. So people are there to, um to have a good time and to enjoy themselves, not be preached at, you know, maybe you made to think about some things that if you can, you know, in, introduce a subject to them that m maybe they'll go away and do something about that. That's kind of yeah. cool. But um, yeah, uh, in the final analysis, uh, you know, my job, our job is, is to entertain, I feel. Um, so I, I try and focus on the entertainment aspect of it, you know, la laughing with the crowd, having fun. Um, and as far as when we're playing, um, let me see. We're playing at some winery out in Irwin. Irwin. Well, Greensburg. why don't we do this? Why don't we just send people to what is it? Just is your website is that the best place, best place for people to see where you're playing? Yeah, or the Facebook page or the Reverb Nation page. But if they go to the the um, just the, the HoneyRiders.com website, there's links to all of that stuff right there. Um, so. But all of the all of the gigs are listed on Facebook, Reverb Nation, etc. So yeah, you can find out where we're playing. So so, so that is HoneyRiders.com, and I just pulled it up, and there is a uh, there's all the links. You can just you, know, you can just pop them all, and you can stay in touch and see where these guys are are playing. Uh, great musicians, uh, love the last record. Really looking forward to the uh, the next one. Um, uh, Mark, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up for the day? Uh, come and see us. Um, and if you are also in a band, drop drop us a note because uh, we're always looking for other other folks to play with, um, other venues to play. So yeah, um, come on down. Check it out, guys. That is honey the honey the honeyriders dot com. And uh, Mark, thanks a lot for hanging out with us today. Uh, stick around for a second. We want to do a little bonus round after I finish the podcast. Okay. Sure thing, man. My pleasure. Hi, guys. You've been listening to uh, Mark Byrne from uh, The Honey Riders. That is thehoneyriders.com. 
uh, go there. You can uh, check out their their last record. They got a new record coming out. And uh, Mark is a uh, just a very tuneful songwriter. You're gonna find yourself singing along and jamming along. It's a lot of fun. You definitely want to check that out. TheHoneyWriters.com. You are listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. That is LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. One more shout out to my sponsor, Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine. That is PPLMag.com. Check those guys out. Do everything they got going on there. You enjoy it. If you love great music, if you love bands like the Honey Riders and a lot of the different acts that we've been featuring here, uh, you want to go to supportindyrock.com where we are uh, gathering our efforts and putting together more programs to do even more promotion for bands like the Honey Riders and the different acts we've been featuring here. It's our mission to get this uh, great music out to uh, even more people. The bands can't do it all on their own. They're busy writing songs and making great records. So it's up to us. It's up to us as a community to work together and to get this music out there. That is supportindyrock.com. Guys, you have been listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. That is ludinirockandrollcircus.com. My guest today was Mark Fern from the Honey Riders. That is thehoneyriders.com. Guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next podcast. Okay, Mark, let's do a quickie bonus question here. If if you got a minute, you have, you have a gig tonight, do you? Uh, no, no. Uh, night off. Next next Saturday, yeah. Next Saturday, next. Where are you playing next Saturday? Uh, that winery in Irwin. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. So, that winery. It's kind of an early, yeah, it's kind of an earlier, like five till eight happy hour. No, nice. So it, it, so, it, so it won't be the uh, the full on rock set, I don't think. Okay, okay. Um, you know, um, let you because you started to touch on something before we played the song, and I wanted to come back to it because you were talking about do we press physical CDs or do we just release it online? Okay, and yeah. um, so I mean that that is a sort of like thing that's becoming more and more prominent. Uh, you know, with uh, you know, I the, the the last artist I interviewed today, you know, he he actually took a long time before he did a second full-length album. He put he's been putting out a bunch of singles and EPs because his feeling is like, you know, uh, there's not really a market to to put out um, a, a, a CD. Why don't you sort of give me your sort of like thoughts and feelings on the uh, on the entire thing uh, with regards of pressing physical CDs and um, what you feel maybe the value is for that, or maybe there is no value in it? Um, well, I think if you're pressing CDs with the hope to make money, you're, you're going to be sadly mistaken and disappointed. Um, if I am, there's a place, and the name of it currently escapes me, um, it, it's Kumali, I forget what it is. Anyway, there's, there's some uh, duplication place online and I don't think they have employees. It's just this automated, kind of weird place out in Nevada or something. And you send them all this stuff. They have this, these templates, and you send them pick, you know, your your layout, and you send them the, the songs already mastered. And they assemble the entire thing for, like, next to no money. And they'll do super small runs, too. You know, you can get 10 if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really inexpensive. Like, you know, to get 100 CDs, um, in what do they call those gel cases? Um, it's like eighty-eight cents per. I mean, it was some we did some super price. So at that point, or that for that price point, I figure I'll just go 
print the album on those and give them away at gigs, you know, um, as a as, as a bonus for for coming to see us, kind of thing. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could definitely do something like that to you know come come to our show, you know, and as you know, anybody comes to the show as a bonus gets a free CD or something like that. Um, yeah, uh, but so I mean, I'm part of the I, I do the CD baby thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's another one I belong to as well, and you know my stuff's on on Spotify, on iTunes, um, so I'm playing that that side of the fence too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the music from Spotify you, is next to zero. But but I'll, you know you have to be it's one of those you have to go on there to play in that arena, um, and iTunes. I get some money from iTunes, some money from CD Baby. It's it's not a lot, but I'm I'm not honestly in it to make money. I'm in it to you know entertain right. myself and and it be a vehicle for my creativity. Um, so the making money part, <laughs> thankfully, is is not a, a a huge aspect of this. Well, the way I always looked at it, Mark, was like you know, is the CD is kind of like your business card, you know, and um, so it's it, there is something nice about having something physical to give to people. Also, you got to realize if you give somebody a CD, especially like a pressed CD, not something you just burned on your computer and wrote on match, wrote the name on magic marker, you know, an right. actual CD, you know, artwork and everything, you know, it's unlikely somebody's going to throw that away or lose it. I mean, they might lose it, but it's unlikely that it's going to get tossed away, whereas if all they've got is a file, you know, you know, you, as, soon as, as soon as you give them your computer, all that's gone. <laughs> right, you know right. what I mean? So and, and there, I is some, of, there is some some permanence to the idea, you know, when you give somebody a CD. I think so, and I think most people still have a CD player in their car. Yeah. Um, and so hey, you know, listen to this on your way home from the gig, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> well, I think so. I think there's a lot of that that's kind of underutilized, and we could talk about that another time. Um, but um, that's cool. I mean, I, I definitely see your perspective on it, and uh, a lot of bands are doing. It. I mean, I when my last record, I still haven't pressed it. <laughs> I put it out online, but I wasn't. We weren't at that point. We weren't playing live anymore. So we were playing live. I probably we would have wanted to have some, you know, to give out a gig for the, you know, uh, you know, to, you know. But we 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 weren't playing live, so like I didn't go through the trouble of having it pressed. If you could though, find that company you were telling me about and send me a a, a link to it. I'd be very interested to find out who they are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I just sent you a link to all the new stuff, by the way, on Facebook. Okay, uh, cool. Awesome. Uh, but, yeah, cool. it's Kunali or Kumali. Uh, I'll, I'll dig it up and send it to you. Because you find, yeah, send it. That's cool. Yeah. All right, before, before we end the recording, um, what I'd like you to do is if you could give me a tag, if you could say, um, uh, this is Mark Byrne from the Honey Riders, and you are listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Could you could you do that? Sure. Okay, I'll count I'll count you in. In five, four, three. Hi, this is Mark Fern from the Honey Riders, and you are listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Perfect. 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 I'm gonna end the call. I'm gonna end the recording. I want to get, but I want to get your physical address so I can send you a CD of the, uh, of the, of the, of your interview. So just, just hang on a second here. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. 
That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 